So this morning, we take the plunge into one of our sacraments. A sacrament is a outward, visible act reflecting a grace that is working on the inside. It is not a ritual that gets you membership, and it's not a religious act that appeases an angry God. It is not a family tradition. It is not an optional worship expression. Like a few minutes ago, you could have raised your hands. You didn't have to raise your hands. You could have sung out loud. You didn't have to sing out loud. You could have knelt. You didn't kneel, or you didn't have to kneel. This is not one of those optional things. I've been reading the book of Psalms for the last several months and have been meditating on what I've been reading. And there is one particular phrase that keeps launching itself into my radar. And the wording is this, steadfast love. His steadfast love. So ever since I began reading the Psalms this time around, that word is just coming in front of me all the time. And so I've been meditating on it saying, God, what do you mean? And what do the psalmist mean? And those who wrote the Psalms, what did they mean by steadfast love? And, and, and one of the ways you interpret that whole thing of steadfast, you could translate his steadfast love as his commitment. This, this unending commitment, this unswerving commitment, this, this, this connection to us that does not change, this commitment. Other translations don't put the word love, they put mercy, his his steadfast mercy. Literally, it means his kindness, his favor. And, and penetrating all of this is, is this action that takes this unending, this, this steadfastness and this favor and this kindness, and there's this action, and the action is this. It is coming to someone and bowing the neck in a courtesy to someone who then is your equal. When you put that all together, it is the creator of the universe, his massiveness that fills the galaxies. This divine one who comes to us, to our level, and he bows his neck in humility, and out of his courtesy, he says, here, I'm bringing to you kindness and favor that is beyond your level. One of the psalmists said this, that that love goes to the ends of the heavens. And I can just imagine that psalmist sitting there looking out at night and seeing the stars fill the sky of this, this wonderful universe and saying, yet your kindness and your favor that you have brought to me, that you have bowed your neck and in humility have given to me because it's way beyond my level to comprehend or even attain, that stuff fills this place and you brought it to me. The diameter of this observable universe that we see is 92 billion light years. So if, if today we, we traveled by the speed of light, it would take us 92 billion years to get from this spot to the end of the universe. And he says, that favor and that kindness fills this place, and yet you have come to me because it's so beyond my, able, my ability to comprehend or attain, and you have bowed yourself onto my level, and you've given it to me. 
it's, it's, it's not a very good illustration, but the best I can come up with is, is if you came to the tragic conclusion that all you got to eat every day, one time a day, was a saltine cracker with cheese whiz on it. And then you came to the realization that suddenly all of Wegmans was open to you? Whoa. You been to Wegmans? Man. On Monday evening, April 14th, the Jews will begin the Passover celebration. It will last until Tuesday evening, the 22nd. They will tell the Passover story with graphic detail and wonderful, wonderful celebration. It's about leaving Egypt and coming through the water to freedom. And they also know that that water ties them to Genesis 1, when through the primal waters, God parted it and brought through a new world. So we shouldn't be surprised when John the Baptist is down in the Jordan River, symbolically reenacting the Exodus. Because in baptism, we go through the water, and we enter into God's new world, this world of steadfast love. So there is Jesus with John in the Jordan, and something happened that never happened before, that as he's baptizing, and he takes Jesus and he immerses him, there is a voice, the very voice of Jehovah God, who now lavishes upon Jesus in his baptism this wonderful expression of kindness and favor. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the very spirit of God lands on him like a dove. And Jesus begins to reveal this steadfast love to people who had not felt it for hundreds of years. He becomes not only the recipient of that favor and of that kindness, now he becomes the very instrument that God uses to let the world recognize that that kingdom, that new world, is now approachable. It has come to them. The disciples watch, and they're, and they're trying to figure this out because, because wherever Jesus is, there seems to be this new world. It's, it's opening up. It's, it's slowly appearing, and they say, this is God's stuff. This is not the mundane stuff of our own life. Look at what's happening here. And they watch as Jesus takes the kindness and the favor of God, and he stoops down to people who do not deserve it. And he lays it into their lap and says, here, the Father has humbled himself down to your level so that you can achieve this, so that you can attain this, so that you can grasp this. It is such a powerful thing that two of those, two of those that follow Jesus decide they really like this, they like this kingdom, and so they volunteer to be the vice presidents. Well, sit on your right and your left, and Jesus responds back. He says, no, 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 it is not up to me to decide who as the kingdom advances and as it roots itself in this world, who will be on the right and the left. In fact, Jesus says this to them in Mark 10, 38. You don't know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? See, I can't tell you who's going to be the right or left, but I don't think you understand what you're asking because if you're going to experience a new world, then you have to be baptized by my baptism and understand that my baptism is directly connected to my cup. That today as we baptize, it is not a different event than in two weeks as we gather together and we take the cup and we take the bread. They are intricately tied together. 
that when, on the night that Jesus was betrayed and he took the, the cup and he said, drink it, and he took the bread and he said, eat it, he was clarifying his baptism. Mark records it, and Mark says this, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, take, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. There's this covenant thing. What is this covenant? It is the entree into his steadfast love. So in a few weeks, we celebrate Easter. Can you believe that? If it's still snowing, I think Jesus would have stayed in the tomb. <laughs> See, Easter is, Easter is not, is not, oh, he died. Oh, he's alive. Let's eat chocolate. And so we just celebrate, we got the eggs and we got the chocolate and, and please don't bring me, the, some of you like to bring me the, the, the chocolate imprint of the Last Supper. You can't eat Jesus. You can get all the other disciples, but you can't get to Jesus. Easter is Jesus' new body launching God's new world through the waters of death. And so today's baptism is not just linked to Jesus' baptism in the Jordan or to the Exodus or to the creation. It is, it is tied directly, linked directly to his death and his resurrection. Through his water of death and resurrection, we enter into a new world. You say, wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that, that we have to be baptized to come into a relationship with God and, and, and spend forever with him because, because the, the thief on the cross, he didn't have a chance to be baptized. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. What I'm saying is this, that when we put our faith in Jesus for the salvation of our lives and the forgiveness of our sins, he expects us to be baptized whenever there is the opportunity. Because it is not just the, the saving and the changing of, of a, into a new world of just part of me. It's not just my spirit side of me that says, okay, I'm great. It's, it includes my soul. The soul is that, that part that makes decisions. It's that, pole, that part that, that feels the emotions. It's that part that has, has the intellectual understanding. It's our mind, it's our emotions, our will. He says, I want that too. He says, I want your body, because it all belongs to me. So that's why once when I was in my office and in the early morning hours and I was just worshiping and I was listening to worship music and I was reading the scriptures and I was talking to God to get a better understanding of who he is and who I am. And, and the worship music was, you know, was exciting like this morning and, and I felt like God said, I want you to dance. I said, God, you know who you're talking to. I want your body to dance. I said, I have just enough ego left in me that I got up and I shut the shades. <laughs> and then I danced, because he wants my body. Sometimes he'll tell me as I'm praying, I want you just to go prostrate on the floor, because I want all of you humbled before me.
There are those moments that I need prayer. And he says, go be anointed with oil. I'm going to put oil on your body because I want all of you covered, every bit of you. So when he says, I want you to be baptized, he says, I want your body to be immersed so that every bit of you dies to that old world. That you live to a new world. That's why Paul the Apostle describes it this way. He said, or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live what? A new life. So when these friends this morning enter into this water, when they, when they go under the water and they come back up again, it's a declaration that through their relationship with Jesus, Dying and resurrection if it has happened to them. It's happened to us. We die to an old life. We come into a new life. I have a friend here this morning. Jenna, will you join me? Everybody say, hi, Jenna. So, Jenna, you've been baptized. I have, okay. last summer. Last summer. So now... You had an old life that needed to die, so I'm going to ask you to talk to us a little bit about what that old life it was like and, what, and, and how deadly it was for you. Yeah. Um, you know, you get to that place where you, you hit that rock bottom, and my rock bottom was definitely just um, very dark. You know, I was selling myself for anything, you know, just whatever drugs I could find and just totally immersed in alcohol, and um, that was my life. I mean, that was it. That was the joy of every day waking up. And, and, and so, what did you feel like during those times? I had no, no, nothing left in me. Um, I didn't feel anything anymore because I felt so much shame and guilt and... What's that like, feeling shame on you all the time? It's really heavy. <laughs> yeah. And then it just drives you further in, into the cycle, doesn't it? Yeah, because you don't want to wake up and look at yourself ever. Uh. So something happened where you began to get an understanding about the steadfast love of, of, of Jesus. How did that happen? Um, well, I just found myself one day just done. You know, I was ready to be done. Um, there was no more point of living. So basically, I just fell down, and God was like, you know, here we go. I have an option for you, and you can take it. And I said, okay. So I stepped out. And I ended up going, calling these places and asking for help. Like, literally, like, I don't know what to do. And um, they, I started going, and they started showing me, just find a God of your understanding. And that's what they kept saying to me, find a God of your understanding. And I was like, okay, I understand that he might love me, you know, but nothing. So, I... so then you connected with some folks that are even here today. Yeah. And they began to help you understand that. Talk a little bit about that. Um. Yeah, I was just, I was showing up, and there was these women who kept coming up to me, you know, in church, and I even found eerie young adults, and um, they just kept coming up to me and wanting to know about me and wanting to have this relationship, and, um, and I started talking to them, you know, but I didn't feel safe yet. I didn't feel like I belonged yet, because I was still in some sin. You know, I put down this one addiction, but I was still in these other ones, you know, um, whether it was still the continual shoplifting or even, you know, 
the sexual immorality. But these women just kept pouring into me and asking me these questions. And this one woman just said, you know, the, the church is not a place for the holy. It's a place for the sick and suffering. And finally, in my brain, there was like this huge, like, just unveiling, like, you do belong here. And I got to share and not be afraid anymore. And that was the first time where, like, fear physically, like, left my body for a second. Like, I've never felt unfearful before in my entire life. So, so now you're on this journey. Yeah. And, and, and what are some of the changes that you're making in your life? What, what, are you, what have you changed in your life? And, and what is Jesus doing in you that helps you get there? Some of the changes are just loving. Um, he pulled me out of my house and brought me back to my house. He, there was this process of forgiveness that I had with my parents. But I wasn't physically going to be in my house when I was doing it. So he pulled me out and I came back. And we just have this beautiful growing relationship right now. And, um, and I get to have that today. He also just showed me, like, love like when he was showing me love, forgiveness, and um, all these things, he took away a lot of my friends. I didn't really have anybody, and I felt alone because I didn't know how to love yet. I didn't know how to forgive yet, and I didn't know how to do any of these things yet. So God showed me because he loved me, I could love others. And since he forgave me, I could forgive others. And um, through that, I got to walk into places and start giving that away now because I knew what it was, and I never would have appreciated it before. So who you have standing before you is someone who's begun the journey of understanding that if anyone is in Christ, they're a brand new creation. Jenna, the old is gone. Hallelujah. And the new has come. <laughs> We're excited. <laughs> Thank you. Putting our faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins puts us in right relationship with God. Baptism is a declaration that we are in right relationship with God and intend to stay there. See, I can, I can declare that I'm in right relationship with God, but there has to be this, this continued motion. It, 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 Jenna described it. She's, there's life change. There's continuous life change. On June 5th, 1976, I stood in front of a church and I, and I told Pam that I have steadfast love for her. And I said that, that, that I am now in a covenant relationship with her and, and we put a ring on my finger and it sealed the covenant. But I wasn't done with that because inherent within that vow was this following action. I had to be dead to any other relationship with a woman ever again except my mother. <laughs> and I had to be alive only to the relationship with her. A few years ago, my parents, when they celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary, decided they would have fun, and so they, they invited the four siblings and their spouses to go with them to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary in Jamaica. Yaman. And so we went down, and it was about halfway through our week there, and we had this routine. We'd go get breakfast in the morning, and then we'd go, go swimming and lay by the pool and, in the mornings. And, and so we had swum a little bit, and, and, and I laid down in this, this, this chair, and, 
And I was laying, and, and I was looking out to my right, laying on, on the chair. And, and for Dr. Mink, I had sunblock on, so don't come talk to me. And so, <laughs> so I, I, was, I, was looking, I was looking this direction as I'm laying there. And, and some new folks had come in to the resort, and evidently they were from a European persuasion because the women immediately took their tops off. Pam was on my left. In what seemed to be a nanosecond, <laughs> suddenly Pam was on my right, <laughs> laying in the chair next to me, blocking my view with a big smile on her face. <laughs> and without us saying a word, I felt her, her, her mental thought. She's saying, you're dead to that life. You will be dead to that life. I will make you dead to that life. <laughs> Baptism says this, Jesus, you're parked right in front of me, and I intend never to change chairs. You are blocking my view, and from now on, I will see life through you and never around you, because I'm dead to that old way. There are folks walking around today who have been baptized, but their relationship with Jesus has no meaning. It, it, it has no power. It has no relevance. For them, it was, it was a way to get in. And if that's you, I've got bad news for you. You weren't baptized. You just took a public bath. See, baptism is for this purpose. Peter said this, and it's recorded in the book of Acts. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. It means that the life you've been living here, you do a 180 and, and you're dead to this and you're moving this way. You, you can't even do this where you're, where you're going the opposite direction but you're still facing, waving by to the thing you want. You've got to turn around and you've got to go. You can't see it. Repent and be baptized. Baptized saying, okay, I'm dead to this old way. I am dead to this old way. And every day I'm going to tell myself I'm dead to this old way. I will take every thought and bring it unto obedience to Jesus. I'm dead to this old way, but I'm alive to him. I'm alive to Jesus. He said, and I'll give you the power to live that life. The very power that lifted Christ from the grave said, I'm going to give to you so that you don't live for your own pleasures, but instead you live in such a way that you see him every day, this steadfast love. You find his favor in front of you and you find his kindness all around you. That's why Paul, right after he said, you have died to an old world and you're living in a new world. He says this, now act like it. Romans 6, 11 says this, from now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time. Remember, you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. Baptism says that, that is what I intend to do. I'm going to ask Troy and Denise to join me on the stage here. 
Troy and Denise have been a very active part of this, of this community of faith for a lot of years. But, but they didn't always live this kind of life. And so this morning, I'm asking them to talk a little bit about what their life was like before you came to Jesus, and then how you got there, and how your life had to change, what you had to do to change as you began to live a new life. Uh, I think many of you um, know our story. Um, we came to know the Lord probably about 15 years ago um, through our son, who was going to youth, and, and he fell in love with the Lord like immediately. And um, we saw the change in him, and so um, it kind of sparked our interest. And not very long afterwards, we came to know the Lord, and actually our, our daughters too. Um, but it took years later um, for us to actually make a commitment as far as baptism. Um, and I don't know why. Um, I think it was a vanity thing. I didn't want to get in front of everybody and get wet. I don't know what it was. But um, as we were walking, I, I at least... Um, realized that, oh no, the Lord wants me to be baptized and get in front of everybody. And um, I'm getting in front of people that are going to support me. Mm. And, um, and they did. And so that's been awesome. The biggest change that's been in my life was money was always an issue with me. Um, I was always concerned about money, worried about money. And I think it's because of growing up with not much. And so Troy will, will agree that um, I have really changed with that. Um, he takes care of the finances completely, and he goes, what about this? Fine. Do we have enough? Fine. Go with it. Go with it. And, um, and we've learned that um, now we are so blessed. Um, financially, we feel blessed. And we've realized that the Lord blesses us so we can bless others. So that's been kind of neat to see that. Um, big transform. So, so how did you come to the place? I mean, you, you, you're dying to an old life. You're coming into a new life. How did you get to the spot where you could not be anxious about your money? I just think it, it was through time. I remember when we finally decided to tithe properly. Um, Troy goes, I, so finally, I, I think I made the comment. I'm going, all right, how much is it going to be? <laughs> and I'm going, really? <laughs> and I go, just do it. Just take care of it. And so I just had to wash myself of the finances and just like, I'm going to trust in the Lord. He's going to take care of it. And he did. Mm. You know, um, he's just blessed us yeah. just immensely. And not just financially, just blessed us with our children following the Lord and seeing them being transformed. And I think, you know, the Lord wanted us to be an example to them, too, and to others. And um, so it's been a positive. Mm. What know. about you, Troy? What? What was, what changed in you? What, what, what part of the old life had to go? And what did, how did it change your behavior? What did you have to do differently? Well, just growing up, I... Hold that up there, close. <laughs> growing up, I, I considered myself to be normal. You know, going to church and, and Sunday school, growing up and everything. Uh, I actually grew up Protestant, but then met Denise and converted to Catholicism. And just as we started having kids and, and just everyday life, and I could see that I was, was selfish, that I, I did things that, that I liked to do. Wasn't always nice to Denise. It wasn't always nice to my kids. Maybe wanted to live life through my kids and stuff, so demanded things of them that 
may or may not have, you know, ever been. But one day in, in high school, Joel Schreiber, or Preston, my, our oldest son, went to school with Joel Schreiber. Joel Schreiber asked him to come to youth. He said, there's girls and food. <laughs> so he went, and his life was changed. Denise and I could see that his life changed. They started meeting at the Newbers on Tuesday nights for prayer. And we're thinking, you know, looking at this from going to, to church on Sunday, he goes, wow, this is, this is different, you know. But it can't be bad. I mean, they're, they're praying to God. So it just over time, so we wanted to check it out and see what was, what was going on. So that's how we've gotten involved with youth. And just seeing the love of God, you know, the, the relationship that people had with God, that's that's something that, at least in, in my uh, observation, I, I did not see that in in the church that we attended. So there was a time that we were actually going to mass and coming here to church, and it's just being in in front of God, being you know, you know subject to God, offering ourselves to God. He just comes in and. and works on your heart and softens your heart to the point where we decided, yes, we want that. So what was the biggest behavioral change for you when you decided that you're going to follow Jesus? Probably my, my treatment to Denise, um, our kids, to other people. Um, I used to have a much worse temper than I did. I would tend to fly off the handle. And I find myself being much calmer now. Yeah. You know, he's, he's said, certainly given me peace, which isn't good for everybody. So. That's great. Thank you. See, some people think that, that if, if you come and get in this tank today, that you have to be perfect. Everything has to be in its proper place. The book of Acts tells us that under God's direction, Philip, one of the, one of the leaders of the early church, found himself in a place where he came in contact with a government official from Ethiopia. The government official was reading from the, the scroll of the scriptures about the Messiah, and he was confused as to who the Messiah was. And Philip said, I can tell you about him because I know him personally. And so Philip told him about this relationship with Jesus. And so this government official from Ethiopia puts his faith in Jesus. And then this, 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 this new believer in Jesus, maybe five to ten minutes into understanding who Jesus is, says this. Acts 8 records this. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? He said, wait, wait, wait. He just, he just now just started to believe in Jesus, started the journey, and what if he sins? Well, understand that baptism is not a badge of perfection. It is a badge of intention that I'm going to follow through with this journey, with this relationship. It is looking at this journey of 
creation to Exodus to Jesus' baptism to the community of faith for decades and centuries and millennia who have said, well, put our faith in Jesus and we will journey with him. It is me saying by being baptized, I now am going to merge my story into that story. I'm going to put my story with God's story. I'm going to journey with those who journey. It is a community of faith saying, stick with us and we will walk you through this, that we will travel this journey together. That this thing is what we call holy. And holy simply means this, letting go of an old life and living the new life that God has brought to us. See, God has this wonderful inclusiveness, and let me describe that inclusiveness to you. Inclusiveness means he includes everybody. He says, I'm, I'm welcoming you all. But let me explain even further what that means. I met a guy here who, after a service, we had a chance to talk, and he said, you're probably going to hate me. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, because you hate my lifestyle. I said, well, tell me about your lifestyle. So he told me about his lifestyle, and I said, I don't hate you. He said, well, you probably won't let me worship here. I said, sure, because here's the deal. I want us to be friends. So let's just walk this journey together. But I got to warn you that this journey is a transformational journey. This journey is that I'm walking with Jesus, and he says, now, oh, by the way, part of this old life right here, that doesn't work in the new life. You're going to have to let that go. And then I'm going to have to let it go. So I'm telling you right now that in this process, we're going to have to wrestle with loving him more than our preferred lifestyle because God takes us all to that place. Because God's inclusiveness is a transforming inclusiveness. Baptism is always about dying and rising, not getting into church by evading the challenge. If I just get baptized, I don't have to deal with this. I'm okay. I'm, I've got my, my, got my card. I'm, I'm, I'm a member. No. Nothing makes it into God's new world unless it dies and rises. Nothing. For Jesus said this, listen carefully, unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. And in the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. And if any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. For the Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Baptism is about believing that the Father will honor and reward someone who says, I will love you beyond my preferred lifestyle. Bishop N.T. Wright says it well when he says this, baptism is the ground on which we stand linked to Jesus. His dying and rising and the power of his victory is ours because we are his. But if you imagine that you can get that power without that identity, well, good luck. So it's time to take the plunge. First of all, if you've never actually put your faith in Jesus and decided that you're going to trust him, you know, I, I appreciate it. I appreciated the words that, that, that shame had filled Jenna's life, and, 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 and God is able to take that shame away. Some of you have been carrying shame, and today Jesus says, if you'll just put your faith in me and ask me to forgive you, I will forgive you, and you get to start. The scripture says his mercy is new every morning. His kindness, his favor, a great word for that mer word mercy is relief. His relief is new every morning, and I need that because there's some days that I just mess up. And I say, oh, God, give me your mercy, and I feel like God says, okay. And I go, oh, what a relief. 
Now, he's not going to leave me that way. I'm in that transformative process. So this morning, right where you are, you can say, Jesus, please forgive me right now. And he does that. And there's some of you sitting here today that have done that before or are doing it now, but you have never been baptized. And Jesus says, I, I really need you to do that as part, as part of the birthing process. In just a few moments, we're going to have some friends up here who are going to be baptized, and you can be part of that. You say, oh, I didn't come prepared. Aha. We are ready for you. Because <laughs> in just a few moments, we're going to take our, our five-minute break to get to know people. And if you would like to be baptized today, if you want to follow in obedience, and don't say, oh, another time, because the next time you'll go, oh, another time. And you say, but, but that tank is awfully small. And, and I'm, a, I, you know, I'm, a big, I'm a big, tall guy. I'm just, I'll bump my head on that thing. Good news. The upper tank's open. So you get to do that too. So I'm telling you, if, if you have a physical issue that you can't go up these steps and, and down into here, we've got one you can go down into easier. So during the five-minute break, we're going to invite you to just make your way to this door and right through that door because Pastor Jason, stand up. This is Pastor Jason, the guy with the cool mustache and beard. That's the guy. Goatee thing. He'll walk you through and then he will take you up. We have baptism clothing for you. And, and we have a towel for you. We can even find a hair dryer for you. Because it's time for you to celebrate. And then we're going to ask that as we do this baptism, that we as a congregation realize that this is a great celebration. The scripture says that, that when people come into a relationship with God, all of heaven has a party. I think we should get in on it. And so we're going to celebrate together. And then at the end of the baptism, we want you, don't leave yet. We want you to go down to the gym and we want you to congratulate and, and honor those folks who've been baptized today. And we're, we're going to treat them like royalty. Now, we, last time we did this, we didn't clearly identify them and people said we didn't know who they were for sure. So we're going to identify them and we thought if we're going to treat them like royalty, we're going to make them wear a crown. So it, it, it's pretty cheesy, but they're going to be wearing crowns, all right? So when you see somebody wearing a crown, go talk to them, and, and you're going to hear some of their stories, and just, just tell them you are so glad they're part of the community of faith. Can we do that? All right, so now, if, yeah. So as I've been talking to you and giving you God's thoughts and his words, some of you right in here are going, geez, I need to be baptized. Today's your moment. So in just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to take five minutes. You'll see a countdown up here, and, and you can take your time. But if you'd like to be baptized this morning, or you know you should be, just make your way up here, and we've got you covered. It'll all be okay. And we're going to have a great celebration together. So would you stand?
is the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory forever. We're singing, Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Lift your voice and sing it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Let me pray us out. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in this place, Lord. God, we thank you for the, the stories and the lives, God, and that we get to celebrate, uh, Lord, what you, the living God, what you are doing within us, uh, what you are doing, Lord. Please continue to stir in our hearts, stir in our community, in our country, and in our world, Father. We thank you. We pray, and everyone said in Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen.